are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Lane McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Lane, what's going on, sir? Not much. You know, it's, c- it's clear that we're, we're getting older, Marcus. Uh, you're you're sleeping on your shoulder and having a, a bad shoulder. I'm, <laughs> I'm staying up too late trying to watch film and, and, and kind of struggle bussing today. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but but you know what we're, we're getting older we're getting wiser we may not be moving as athletically but we are uh, we are moving more efficiently so uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into this tape and, and talk about uh, some some good solid very fun to watch Cowboys football yeah speaking of guys that are moving very athletically and efficiently we're yes. gonna talk about go. Micah Parsons and the rest of the defense today and our all 22 review uh, let's start there Landon it was again Micah Parsons at defensive end in this game. They did a lot of different things with him in this one, but what did you see from Parsons on tape? Well, first of all, I I really think that we should start off by kind of commending Dan Quinn for the job yes, he did. I, yes. I think that they did a fantastic job of just finding a whole bunch of different combinations of fronts to use uh, to kind of make sure that they could get Micah Parsons in the in the matchups that they wanted. Um, you know, they, they used Randy Gregory really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and, I, and obviously we'll talk about the individual players who had a good game, but I just wanted to kind of mention all the different fronts, the, the two fours, the five O looks in the yep. passing downs, uh, you know, just really, really great job of mixing these fronts up to kind of uh, get, get the matchups that they wanted, which really helped them. Micah looked fantastic again. I mean, you know, even despite, going against a guy like Lane Johnson for a couple of different snaps. Lane had to hold, hold I think he drew a holding call, at least one against yep. Lane. And, 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 and there are a couple other snaps where it felt like he got the better of him. So uh, it was quite a jump in competition for a guy that's playing defensive end, you know, only for the second time since high school uh, to go from, you know, a backup right Storm tackle Norton. to, yeah. to, yeah, from Storm, Storm Norton, world, world beater Storm Norton to, uh, to, to, to Lane Johnson. So uh, it, it's, it's quite, it's quite a d- jump up in competition, um, but I don't think it was, you know, get it was out there. Right. Yeah. And that was the thing, right. We, you know, it's, it's, we were talking about, it, it's like, it's, it's, you're going from worst to first in yeah, your competition. Yeah. So there should be a, a noticeable drop off and there wasn't a huge drop off. It wasn't like uh, suddenly, you know, he doesn't belong at the position or anything like that. So uh, I thought that 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 Parsons had had a, a solid game, created some pressures, had a pass deflection, uh, was wrecking shop, was 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 definitely affecting uh, the quarterback. And uh, and again, again, considering the competition he was going against, that's 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 great news for the Cowboys. Yeah, and I've got a feeling the Cowboys are probably going to leave him there going into this week against the Panthers, right? Because they just don't have a lot of defensive defensive line depth right now, right? And. I don't know how much about Carolina you've studied yet, but their tackles are Cam Irving, who we're very familiar with, right, Landon? Oh, yes. And then Taylor Moten, who's been struggling a little bit this year. So it should be a little bit easier of a time for Randy Gregory and uh, Micah Parsons this week. Um, Sticking with the defensive line, we're going to kind of go back and forth by guys that played well and maybe the guys that didn't. Um, I want to talk about Chauncey Golston. This was his first game action in the NFL. No preseason at all. 
Um, he recorded two pressures. We saw both of them. Certainly wouldn't call them the most high-quality pressures in the world, right? Uh, I, in fact, I think one of them, I, I'm shocked that it was called a pressure, but he he was okay. Like, I think he's actually better in space than I thought. He was a little bit more athletic, but it's still clear he, he needs a lot of work. I mean, I think he's. I think he was way better than I expected. I mean, and and I also think that he played maybe three times as many snaps as I. Oh expected. yeah. Well, they had no other I choice, mean, right? They he played thirty snaps, and and yeah. and I what I was shocked in was was just how decent he was when they kicked him inside. You know, there was a couple of different lines that they showed where it was uh, Parsons, uh, Osa, uh, uh, Chauncey Golston, and. And and uh, and Gregory and that was yeah. kind of their like a pass rushing line that they had and it was pretty effective you know I mean it's not that surprising though because we we kind of had a feeling Golston's role in the NFL might be this sub you know package rusher right yeah I mean I think I think we always kind of envisioned him as an inside outside guy but it's it's difficult man to to, to play in, in the defensive tackle spot inside you know for. I mean, for a defensive end in general, and especially for a rookie defensive end, I, so yeah. I thought, you know, with that kind of context, that he played a really good game for for what, you know, for a, a rookie who missed all of training camp and and you know is only a third round pick. So, uh, I thought that he played pretty decent. He definitely was not like uh, a waste out there. He was definitely getting, you know, you're right. The pressures were not exactly high quality pressures, but he was involved in getting people loose. He was involved in springing people loose. It wasn't like he was a negative out there. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think that's what I was getting at is that he, uh, he held his own for getting again for a rookie starting his first game with no training camp. He certainly held his own. And, and, And again, not only played better than I expected, but played way more than yeah. I expected. I want to continue to talk about the defensive line because there's so many storylines here. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. We are back and better than ever as all eyes are now turned to the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, odds props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL 100 bet online, the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online, your online sports book experts. All right. Uh, I want to talk about Randy Gregory because yeah. if you looked at the stat sheet, you didn't. You might not even know that he played. He did not register a tackle, a sack, anything like that. But he was fantastic in this game, Landon. I believe he drew at least two holding calls. It might have been three, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, they moved them all around. His effort was incredible. I, I thought Randy Gregory played really, really well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it, 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 I think I remember three, but I I, I definitely remember two holding calls yeah. that were called again that he drew uh you know he was just all over the place they were using him on the outside uh they were looping him in he, he was trying to win on the outside uh he was breaking you know forcing people loose shipping people loose on stunts mm-hmm. um you know one of the, the the lineups again going back to quinn and his fronts one of the lineups had parsons and gregory inside a yes. tackle and, and then Osa as a defensive end and then Somebody else, pretty odd, as a defensive end outside. Basham, that's what it was. Ba- yeah, it was he Basham got a holding call in that play. Gregory. Yeah, did. so 
you know, they were definitely moving these guys around to try to get their best pass rushers good looks against the guys that they wanted. Um, and I think that it, it, it really worked. And, and Gregory was just getting a lot of attention. I think that's a lot of why, uh, you know, his, the stat line wasn't necessarily uh, huge, but the effect that he had in the game was clear. I mean, he was getting a ton of attention. He was the guy that they were afraid of outside of Parsons when he was on the field. So uh, there was a lot of sliding and shifting to, towards Gregory's side to kind of compensate because they knew you know i mean the eagles if anybody have a, a, a long memory of exactly how dangerous randy gregory can be uh, against their offensive line yeah i thought gregory was really really good uh we should also talk about osa odigizua um we are definitely we can talk about the talk sack about the sack was really <laughs> nice he actually had two sacks the one sack was more of a hustle stat uh which actually leads me to my next point he's on the all hustle team right now like his effort on every play is incredible like there was a play in the end zone uh, where the Eagles punted, it was on third down. He's running all the way across the field, sprinting to chase Jalen Hurts to the sideline, and Hurts just has to throw the ball away. Like, that stuff from your defensive tackle is really, really good. Uh, the one sack that he had where he basically just beat – was he beat Dickerson right off the snap and grabbed Jalen Hurts with one hand and threw him right to the ground was pretty impressive. Yeah, just like a big clothesline is really what it was like, right? It was, he, um, he got close to being called the clothesline, but he got him right about the chest level, which is perfect. Perfect. Um, I, I want to throw a comp at you. I saw Bob Sturm tweeted out the other day. And I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are. He said, young Michael Bennett. What do you think? Yeah, that's an interesting comp. Um, you know, I think Bennett was a guy that they mixed in, you know, the minute that would get mixed into the defensive tackle position. Uh, this guy's stronger than, than Bennett. Is. He is. Um, yes. And, and, and I, I think as a pass rusher, I certainly see it. And just kind of in his body type, I see that to a certain degree. Um, you know, again, and I can see why Bob would say that, especially with all the snaps that you – well, not all the snaps, but with the snaps that you saw Osa taking on the outside as well as on the inside, right? Right. Um, I, I like that comp. I, I think, you know, for me, he is a He's little so bit more stronger. stout – yeah, he's so much stronger. He's stouter in the run game. He can he can anchor better because yeah. he has he has incredible leverage. I mean, all the reasons that I loved him coming out of college are the reasons that he's having success. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, it's it's that not everybody is able to tie it together. There's a, that other aspect of your personality and in your your work ethic and your your intelligence that kind of plays in there. And and he, you know, a lot of these guys have the kind of blend of talent that he had maybe not a lot of guys but there are people with this blend of talent right that don't succeed so you got to give him credit as a person because uh he's playing a line he's aligning all over the place he's allowing them to move uh, uh he's allowed the defense to move him all over the place because of his ability to know what his uh, assignments are and and i think that you know you're seeing pretty advanced stuff from him i mean like the, the hand usage that he, he's using inside i mean it's so difficult because things happen so quickly inside versus the outside uh but you know the way he's he's got he's got a swipe down he's got a, a cross chop down um you can just see him lift, lifting short, lifting elbows to get free uh yeah Landon dickerson is also a rookie uh and 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 osa looked like two years ahead of him Bold. you know it's so um I think that it shows you kind of the kind of person and player that he is uh, just with that kind of uh, uh, flexibility, that kind of low center of gravity combined with explosion and long um, arms. That, yeah. And long arms. That's going to, that's going to uh, give you uh, an early head up uh, in the NFL. And, and, it, and it provides you an opportunity to kind of mix it up early in, in a career 
when you know in a position that most people don't really oh yeah know, defensive uh, tackles historically struggle as rookies right? absolutely even if you're yeah, a so top five six pick you struggle as a rookie yeah, and I think again, like this shows you kind of like he has that kind of blend of of, of mm-hmm. physical tools that can allow you to succeed early, but it still requires an uh, a very very strong effort on your part to yes. kind of get yourself to a spot to be able to to play like that. So uh, kudos to, to the coaching staff and kudos to Osa, who is clearly just a very professional player and, and, and very professional in the way he approaches things. I love Osa. He, he's just so Me much too. fun to watch. Um, yep. we, we talk about him all the time. I, uh, let's move on to a different guy. Um, I got a hot take, Landon, and I don't really feel like it's a hot take, and I think you might agree with me. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Through the first three games of the season, Trevon Diggs is their best defensive back. That's not the hot take. Don't don't worry. It's not the hot take. It's going to get real spicy here in a second. Their next best, uh, let's say, back six defender, right, your linebackers and your 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 corners and your safeties, is J. Ron Curse. And I don't even think it's close, Landon. I think J. Ron Curse should be an every down starter for them. Like he was fantastic in this game. He covered Zach Ertz multiple times on third down, uh, and it was incompletions. He had some play, he had to play that on that screen where he kind of fought through the trash and made the tackle. He is playing outstanding football right now. And I trust me, I did not see this coming when the Cowboys signed him. I, I did not like what he did in Detroit at all but he's just a perfect fit in the scheme. I think he's playing outstanding. I don't know if this was Freudian or if you actually did it, but when you said the best defensive back on this team, I heard you say curse up front, not Diggs. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you slipped or if I, no, I said Trevon Diggs is the best and then it's curse. Okay. Yes. Okay. Either way, then that just kind of shows you kind of where my brain is at as yeah. I, Sorry, I agree. I, I have to make that clear. I, I, Diggs is still the best one on this team. Yeah. I think Curse is the next best defensive player, you know, in that back group. I don't think I disagree. I mean, I, I think what you've seen is a guy who is comfortable playing the position that he's playing. You know, look, I, I think if you go back, and we talked about this with Curse when he signed, the the path to, to where he is now, which I think is the optimal path, right? I mean, yes. obviously, yes. you can't expect him to play better than he has, frankly. Um, was that he didn't ever really get a full opportunity to kind of settle into a position as a defender. You know, he he, he has always been a, a, a special teams ace. Like, that's what the Ravens used him as. Um, you know, and then I think, was it the Jets he went to next? I can't remember. But, but I, you know, they, they, they used him a little bit more in a way um, that, that kind of fits, you know, his skill set. Um, and, and I, and he saw it, he saw it with some of that tape with, he played with the jets on a, on a terrible jets team, but you yeah. saw it that, you know, he, he was putting the defensive side of it together, right? It just, it didn't seem like he was as good a defensive football player as a special teams football player. I think it was uh, in Detroit, but, right? With Detroit. Yeah. Oh, that Detroit. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah not, not the jets. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think that what's happened is that time on task, uh, besides, you know, you build up that confidence as a special teams player. Hey, I can play in the NFL. I, I yeah. have the, the physical skill set. Then he gets more time on task at these previous stops, a little bit more time playing defensive football. Then he comes to a team where they actually believe in him to, to be a defender. You know, we saw a lot of this in training camp. Mm-hmm. And in training camp, it was tough to tell 
it was tough to tell exactly how good he was because so much of his game is based on physicality yep. and you don't get to see a ton of that in training camp, right? Or at least you don't know how it translates necessarily well into the regular season. Clearly it is translating. Clearly he is all over the place in coverage uh, as a physical presence. Uh, you know, I mean, he really is what made that game plan work last yes. Sunday because the Cowboys were short linebackers because of the fact they had to kick Parsons down. They lost Neil, the guy that came in to play that role for Neil that they needed, the tight end eraser, the overhang defender. When they went into their five and one formations, where uh, they, you know, were using five deep down linemen and then one linebacker. The only way that you didn't just get run gashed all over, they didn't just check into runs all the time is because your overhang slot defender was, uh, was curse. Then he basically functions as either a defensive back in passing towns or a linebacker in rundown. So well, I, I, I've um, got his splits here, according to pro football focus. So yeah. in, in week three, uh, he played 56 snaps, 24 of them were in the box. Okay. Nine of them were on the defensive line, basically just that overhead defender, as you mentioned. Uh, ten of them are in the slot. Basically, when you're talking about those defensive line slot corner snaps are about the same. It's just whether – I think it's, it's almost a yard difference, right? It's like when a wheel splits out to a, a, yeah. a slot corner. That's so basically, they'll still call that a slot. Basically. We'll call those 19 as that overhang defender. Three as a wide corner and eight as a free safety beyond 15 yards. Like, he is really a linebacker in this scheme – and do you know what's made him so good so far, Lena? Is he's got so many tackles. I don't even remember what the number is. Has not missed a tackle yet. He doesn't miss team. tackles, though. That, yeah. that, if you're a box safety, you cannot miss tackles. And that's yeah. what he does. Long really, arms really well. and speed that will really, really help. And yeah. again, it goes back to uh, what you need in a versatile defense. If you're going to be multiple in an offense or a defense, you need these versatile players. You know, in the past, we've had a very straightforward scheme. And yes. straightforward defense. So the idea of getting versatile players never really appealed to us because what's the point? You're, they're just playing a different role in the same scheme. Versatile players in this scheme are incredibly valuable because it allows you to move around other players. Guys like Curse allows you to move someone like Parsons around because he can fill in a little bit on that linebacker role that you're missing when you move Parsons down to yes. defensive end and that sort of thing. So all of that's very valuable it's incredible to have like a collection of three or four players that are versatile in the way they can play, but also extremely talented in the multiple uh, uh, roles that they are, are fitted in. So there are advantages to having a vanilla scheme like we've seen in Rod Marinelli in the past, right? Because you can sign guys off the street in the season and have some yes. success with those guys, right? Like that was the advantage for so long for Dallas is they did not have to spend a lot of money on defense because you can kind of find anybody to be a four, three defensive end. If you need that. However, when you get really good coaching paired with talented players, it, it, you can see it already in the first three weeks, right? Like they held Justin Herbert to was it 17 points. Like you're able to confuse quarterbacks and you're able to, I mean, Philadelphia was so off their game in this one. It's ridiculous. They scored 21 points in this game, but seven came on defense and the other seven came with what? Three minutes left in the game. Something like that. I mean, you basically shut them down and you force multiple turnovers. Uh, listen, I think Dan Quinn deserves a ton of credit for what he's done so far. Not only kind of transforming the defense, but doing it with all these guys being injured, right? No DeMarcus Lawrence, no Neville Gallimore, no Kelvin Joseph. Like the hits just keep coming and they somehow just keep getting better and better on defense every single week. Uh, great, great job by him. 
Um, all right, we're going to take one more break before we get to the offense. So I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you will get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, talking about the, the offense, Landon. Um, do fullbacks matter if you can just put a guard in there and they do the exact same job just better? Yes, they still matter. Oh, okay. Uh, because uh, if, if, they, if, if, if they're playing the position, if it's, it's about, you know, he's not a, he's not an offensive lineman when he's lining up as a fullback. It's he's a, a fullback. It's a position. He's, he's a fullback. Yeah. So, so uh, how long before we get the, the spider two Y banana play to Connor McGovern in the flat, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> it, 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 there's a step in between there that we're missing, right? First, first, the next game we're going to see is Zach Martin playing fullback. Oh, that would be fun. Because, yeah. because ultimately that is what we're working towards is, Zach Martin being the fullback, taking some lead blocks, right? And then the play-action pass to Zach Martin, a la go. Travis Frederick and Zach Martin in their ah, pregame yes. warm-up. Yes. Uh, so we've been watching Zach Martin catch passes for the last seven years or whatever it is, so I'm ready for it to happen in the game. By the way, Connor McGovern was really good as a fullback in this one. Like, yeah. every time they put him in that role, like, he just buried his guy. So – Listen, I'm very not going to say it's like, right? What's that? Very, very Saints-like, right? To, to kind of oh, put yeah. in an, an, another offensive lineman and kind of just move him where you need him for a block. Like That's something that you see Sean Payton do all the time. And you know that, that Kellen Moore has this ready to go. Like they're going to take a play-action shot down the field with Connor McGovern as a fullback, right? I'm I'm only half joking about the Zach Martin thing. Like I I, 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 mean, listen, just, I don't know if Zach everybody mark be this fullback. right now. Mark <laughs> this right now because two like week twelve when Zach Martin catches a pass out of the backfield and rumbles for twelve yards and probably fumbles. They you know <laughs> that 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 I that I that I told you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Zach Martin's ever going to be taking a snap <laughs> from the backfield, but I'm telling you. There, there's going to be a Connor McGovern target this year. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, a guard, uh, a guard, tar- guard target is happening at yes, some point. It's yes. absolutely happening. Uh, I probably like goal line on the one yard line. They're just going to try to sneak him out to the side. It's going to be a lot of fun. Some um, great bootleg where no one, no one, he just slips through the line because everyone thinks he's blocking. And it's, oh, it's going to be so good. Wave his arms a, in the back. Might line. even be a jump pass from Dak. Like, yeah. Oh man, that yeah. would be fun. Uh, All right, let's talk about the rest of the offense. Uh, Kellen Moore, man, he had the Eagles so confused in this game, it was ridiculous. Uh, The touchdown to Dalton Schultz, the first touchdown, he put that safety in such a bind, and he was in conflict because I believe it was Amari on that same side. And both of those guys were – yeah, they were running a scissor draw. And the safety had no choice but to go to Amari, which made for an easy throw to Dalton Schultz. Philly just never felt comfortable the entire game long. There was times where they had a five-man box in Dallas and Prescott just checked into a run. And there was like a massive runway that we could have gained seven yards on Landon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just an outstanding job by Kellen Moore in this one. Yeah, I mean that and that scissors concept. Like he had been running it in, out of twelve personnel with with both Jarwin and, and Schultz, and then uh, finally that when he scored that touchdown, you know he uh, he brought in Cooper to kind of be the 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 post guy, and then Schultz ran like what was almost like a seven route, except he kind of turned inside 
and just faded. Like it was almost like a fade actually kind of. So uh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful play design. I, you know, the only, the only play call that I thought was a little bit questionable was uh, that, you know, the, the, the play that, that Philly scored the defensive touchdown on I, I just, I don't think, you know, you had managed to get four yards uh, you know, on the QB sneak to start that drive, to give yourself some breathing room. You know, I, I just don't, I, I, I think, the Mannings actually commented on this during their broadcast in the game. I don't, I don't love the idea of, of calling a, a play call where you're asking the quarterback to hold the ball in the, in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, in the end zone. Get end zone. Yeah. Yeah. Because simply, I mean, beyond, there's too many beyond, things that can go bad there. Yeah. I mean, you could get sacked. What could, what happened can happen. You get a hold. You don't even yeah. have to get this. You don't have to be tackled. In, so don't even just get a hold of someone in the end zone. And the, that's there was so, one other call that I didn't like. And it, maybe, Maybe you disagree. I believe it's the second down where they are inside the 10-yard line. Uh, it was actually the drive where Dak scored the touchdown, but the refs decided to keep the game close, and he didn't score. The reverse? Was that what yeah, it was? the reverse to CeeDee Lamb. Like, that has to be blocked so well because it takes so much time for CeeDee Lamb to run behind the quarterback. Like, if you want to run the little kind of the jet action right in front of it, right, like the little basically toss pass, I get that because you basically have to make one guy miss in your downhill. That just required too many moving parts, and it's just too risky at, at that stage of the field. But other than that, I thought Calamore was really good. Yeah, I think the defenders were too compressed there, which exactly. gave them, you know, very little room to. I mean, very little room that they had to travel to get the angle back on on Lamb on the reverse. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then it became a, a really bad numbers game for the Cowboys once he got the ball and, and Schultz did what he needed to do. He bumped the first guy, got to the second guy, but I mean, even if Lamb beats his first guy, there was still at least another two unblocked defenders behind him. So, yeah, I, I agree that that call was maybe one that they wish they could have back. You know, that, there was that sequence where Dak kind of uh, uh, forgot to motion Zeke into the backfield. Uh, it, and that was the broken play, if you remember, where he mm -hmm. hands off and realizes Zeke's not there and, and kind of runs for a few yards. That, that's, not on, that's not on Kellen, but, but I, I, there was also another play right after that where they did like a play action uh, to the flat and – it just like, you know, they, they didn't have enough. The numbers were bad. They had yeah. kind of shut off a whole side of the field because they had ended up rolling Dak to that side. Uh, it just really limited their options. So yeah. there's a couple of a couple of, of ones that were you're just like, eh, I don't really love that play call. But I, for the vast majority of this, he was in his bag, man. I mean, just everything from, the, you know, the way that they had the formations yep. in there, all the all the, the dressing on the run game, you know, motioning across and then using split action with your tight end, uh, you know, and then just really just, you know, never giving Philly a clean look at what they're doing in the run game. And then, uh, you know, just keep putting your offensive linemen in a spot where they're getting great angles on those blocks. You're having, you know, you're not having steel have to engage uh, a defensive end and, and yeah. bury him by himself. He's down blocking the guy into the guard and then they're pulling a guy around. So uh, I just thought that they put the Cowboys offensive line in the best possible uh, situation from a run blocking stance. And I think that that, you know, really showed uh, the results in, in, in what ended up happening with the Cowboys run game. So I am a firm believer in Landon that you do not need to run the ball well to utilize play action, right? 
Now it's a little bit stretching to say you don't need to have a running back in the backfield when you do play action to, to run that successfully, right? However, I will tell you this. Go back and watch that play. The linebackers were so confused. They didn't know what to do. So you would think they wouldn't they would react to a, a fake handoff to nobody in the backfield, like, okay, come on, guys. Uh, Singleton well, act Singleton took a step forward. So it might have it might actually work. Like you might not actually need a running back in the backfield to run play action. <laughs> that's pretty funny. You know, it's funny because the reason that probably happened is because they had three or four other screens previous to that <laughs> where they had decoys where guys were going like this, like CD lamb was going like this, like trying to decoy. So they probably thought that Zeke was being, you know, was I, I don't know. Pretending. It was, it's hilarious. And he was like, though. Oh, what's, what's he doing? Wait, what's going on? You know, and they were just so ready for like the trick play that, you know, when, uh, when the play was over, they're like, they Oh no, wait, so that was confused all play. day, all game yeah. long. It was absolutely crazy to watch. Uh, two other things just I want to point out on the touchdown or not the touchdown on the play, the big play to CD lamb where he almost scored. If you get a chance, watch Derek Barnett on that play going against Tyron Smith. He like goes yes. off the line of scrimmage and he like tries to give him a long arm. And he's like, you know, what? it's not worth it. And he just kind of stands there. Tyron Smith just being as good as he is. It has to be demoralizing for edge guys. Barnett's just such a snap jumper. That dude's always been a snap jumper. That's like I've never I was never a fan of him coming out. I, I he's yeah. he's been better pro than I thought, but that's his, been his whole game. And if he can't jump the snap, he it's sure funny. as heck isn't beating Tyron Smith one-on-one. That's for sure. I along those lines, on that same play, did you notice Cooper? Uh, yeah, his Cooper's I, I arms I, were up before the ball was like even thrown. <laughs> Cooper, Cooper celebrating the reception to Lamb. Like before the ball is before Lamb even jumped for the ball, yeah. I think it was just he knew exactly what was going to happen. Uh, clearly, they had rehearsed that one quite a bit. I, I, yeah, I think that that was a uh, that was a really fun sequence in the game for sure. I, I got one more stat to throw at you before we head out. All right, do you know who leads the NFL since 2019 in yards after the catch per reception at the tight end position? Wow, really? Is that true? <laughs> it is true. That would be Dalton wow. Schultz, man. I mean, I'm not saying that he's the most athletic tight in the world, but he's pretty good after the catch. Like, he's always been a strength of his. I mean, I posted that picture like, uh, oh, what, your tight end can't score from this spot? I mean, if you go back and watch, when he squats down to change position, there are five Philly defenders. Yes. all who should all, make the tackle. All should, have, all should have made the tackle yes. on him. And he made all of them miss. And I yeah. don't know if that's an effort thing because it was late in the game and they're just like, oh, or if it was just, you know, Schultz, you know, top gunned them, basically hit the brakes and they flew right by. Uh, but either way, I, I think uh, that was just an impressive play. Schultz had a really great game. I mean, I, I, game. I made Dave to the MVP after that, after the game. And, and I, st- I stand by it. He, he really did have a fantastic game. Yeah, Dalton Schultz uh, really developing into a, a really nice player. I mean, I, I think he's going to get paid this offseason. Probably not by Dallas, and that's okay. I think he's going to get a really nice paycheck. I'm excited for it because he's been really good over the last, what, 17, 18 games now, basically since he's become a a full-time starter. Uh, Very, very happy for Dalton Schultz. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. The account's back, by the way. I know it got suspended for a little bit, but it's back now. We're back, Uh, baby. Yeah, we're back. We're not going to let that happen again. Uh, You can follow Layden at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.